Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It is Q&A Tuesday, your favorite day of the week, right? Just kidding. I know you have lots of other favorite days of the week, but I hope that you enjoy Q&A Tuesday. I hope that you find this roundup of our top questions of the week to be helpful. I hope you're gaining some insight from it, some nuggets of information about your baby's sleep that might help you along your way as well. So let's dive in. These are the top five questions that I got in my DM box on Instagram this week from our followers. My 15-week-old is going to sleep fully independently without needing rocking, feeding, a pacifier, or anything, but she only takes 30 to 45-minute naps. Everything I read says short naps are about sleep crutches, but she doesn't have any. So why can't she connect sleep cycles in the day and have longer naps? The key to answering this question is looking at how old this child is. This child is 15 weeks of age. It is very common normal developmentally appropriate for children to have mostly short naps until they are around four and a half to five months of age. When children are around four and a half to five months of age, they are generally more ready to consolidate more of their daytime sleep into longer naps. So we very often see short naps under that age. So at 15 weeks, even if your child is a great little independent sleeper, they don't need any sleep crutches in order to get to sleep, they go into their crib fully independently, fall asleep on their own, you may still be seeing a lot of short naps. And it's totally normal. And it is most likely that by the time your child is around four and a half to five months, you are going to see those naps start to lengthen. If your child has sleep crutches, around four and a half to five months, you might still see some short naps. And that's the point where I would say, okay, let's look at whether or not it is sleep crutches that is that are keeping your child from really being able to consolidate their sleep cycles together. Let's look at if your child needs to be rocked or fed to sleep or have a pacifier to go to sleep. Is your child then waking up around 30 to 45 minutes into their nap in a light stage of sleep waking up a little, realizing their sleep crutch isn't there, and then not being able to get back to sleep without it. That's where we look at sleep crutches being the issue. And so certainly, if you're in that situation, that might be the first place to look when you're trying to solve those short naps. But in answer to this mom's question, 15 weeks old, independent sleeper, not to worry mama, I am very confident that your child is going to start to lengthen those naps. This is just more about needing time and age. Next question. My 25-month-old has been protesting naps for the past week. Is it possible for a child to be ready to drop a nap at this age? Is it possible? Anything's possible. Is it probable? It's not probable. Most children need a nap until between the ages of three and four. Some children are ready to drop their nap around two and a half years of age. Very rarely would a child be really ready to drop a nap earlier than two and a half a lot of children will start resisting their naps around age two. 
And that's because they've become toddlers. And now it's their job to resist every word that comes out of your mouth. So they're going to resist going down for their nap, deciding they want to have more of control and more of the decision-making power. But you as a parent likely recognize that they still need that midday sleep. So I would persevere and keep working on the nap if your child is under three, especially if they're under two and a half, and they seem like they are resisting their nap. We have to look at maybe whether this is a nap strike. A nap strike is what we refer to when a child who was previously napping well suddenly starts to fight their nap time, and maybe it's been going on for a week or two. It most commonly occurs when a child is getting close to the age where they might be ready to drop a nap, so around two and a half years of age or a little earlier, because they're approaching that three-year mark where, yes, they might be ready to drop a nap at that point, and so now already they are able to resist their nap a little more. And this might make their parents think that they're ready to drop that nap before they actually are. But don't be fooled. It's very likely your child still needs that nap. Don't panic. Don't immediately make 100 changes. Nap strikes are common. Again, if your child's under the age of three, he probably still needs that nap, but for one or more reasons is currently refusing to fall asleep. So I would keep offering it. I wouldn't just assume they're done, especially if it's only been going on for a few days or a week. I would keep offering the nap and not just assume your child will never go back to napping. If you offer that quiet time in the middle of the day in their room, they are likely to start falling asleep again because they probably do still need the nap. Really take a look at your child's schedule too. Is your little one sleeping when they should be during the day? And are they getting enough sleep and enough awake time? So for a two-year-old, I would suggest that normally they do best with a noon nap. But if they don't seem quite tired enough at 12 p.m., maybe we start looking at 12.30 for the nap time. And are they you know, getting all of that awake time that they need leading up to that nap? So watch your individual child, see what their tired signs are like. If they don't look quite tired enough in the middle of the day, you could start creeping towards 12.30. For a two and a half to three-year-old, we might even do a 1 p.m. nap just to make sure we're putting enough sleep pressure on the nap. And then lastly, consider whether it's truly a brief strike or if your child really is ready to drop the nap. But again, in the case of this question, the mom told me her child is just turning two. So I would be very confident that that child would still need that nap. Looking at whether your child really needs the nap anymore might be if a parent came to me and their child was already over the age of three and was really resisting their nap, the parents were really trying to hang on to the nap because they think their child needs it. But we might now examine whether that child still needs the nap. Instead, we might drop the nap after age three and just do an early bedtime if the child is refusing their nap each day anyway. Next question is also about a two-year-old. This two-year-old spends over an hour having a tantrum at bedtime and finding every excuse to get out of bed. Needs a tissue, more water, change her PJs, etc. It's so exhausting. Do you have any tips? That's the question. I would look at a bedtime routine chart. And if you go to our Instagram account at the Happy Sleep Company and you check out the highlight on toddler charts, you could take a look at what I suggest because it's really, really normal for a two-year-old to want to stall at bedtime, to have some control over the situation, to have some independence and just really stall every step of things. So a bedtime chart done every night before your child goes to bed can really help to illustrate to them, nope, we've 
already blown our nose or nope, we've already brushed our teeth. Nope, we've already had our sips of water. You can put those things on your chart, the things that you know are sort of triggers for your child to request over and over and use as stall tactics at bedtime. So you can get a big piece of Bristol board and print off some photos of your child doing each element of their bedtime routine picture of them in the bath, a picture of them on the potty if you're potty training, picture of them brushing their teeth, a picture of them putting their PJs on, a picture of you reading books with them. Might be some good examples of things you would put on that chart. The things you do each night as part of your bedtime routine with your child. And then you put the pictures on the Bristol board, go get it laminated so that it's kind of a permanent chart and it doesn't get ripped or spilled on. And then you can leave a little spot beside or under each photo for a little piece of sticky tack or Velcro. And then you're going to go and print off a sheet of your child's favorite characters. Is it Paw Patrol? Is it PJ Masks? Whatever it is, you're going to print off a big sheet of those characters and get that laminated too cut out the little individual characters, and then you can use those as reusable stickers. Now, every night when your child's doing their bedtime routine, after they finish each element of the routine, they can run over to the chart, put a little reusable sticker on the Velcro or the sticky tack. Okay, we're done in the bath. We're done on the toilet. We don't need another trip to the toilet. We're done brushing our teeth. We don't need to do that again. We're done reading books. We're not reading more books. We've already put the sticker on the chart. So you can see how this can help move the bedtime routine along, make it a little more engaging and fun and something that your child might look forward to. The next question is about a five-month-old. My five-month-old is awake for about two to two and a half hours between her naps. And while her first nap is usually good, her other two are quite short. She goes down fully independently and sleeps through the night. What could be causing these shorter naps? This is a tough one. If I'm not working directly with a family and I can't see day-over-day sleep patterns, it can be tough to determine why a child who's five months old, who seems to have good wake windows, who has independent sleep skills and sleeps through the night, would only be taking short naps. So the first thing that jumps out to me is to ask this parent, how many feeds are you doing per wake window? Normally, as you know, if you follow us on Instagram and hear me talk about this all the time, I promote a schedule of wake, eat, play, sleep. Wake, eat, play, sleep. So we wake up, we have a feed, we play, and we have a nap. We wake up, we have a feed, we play, we have another nap, etc., etc., all throughout the day. So I like to have the feeds at the beginning of the wake window instead of at nap time so that we don't have a feed sleep association. However, Around five to seven months can be a bit of a tricky age for this because our wake windows get bigger. Two hours, two and a quarter hours, even two and a half hours as we get closer to seven months. If we do one feed, breast or bottle, at the beginning of the wake window and we don't do any other feeds all throughout the window because maybe your child isn't on solids yet or if they are on solids, they don't take a lot of solids, we might be hungry by nap time. But we don't want to feed right at nap time because, again, we don't want the feed sleep association. This is where I usually recommend a top-up feed. A top-up feed is a second feed in the wake window, but a feed that we finish at least half an hour before the next nap, and we don't let your child get at all drowsy or fall asleep on it. That way, your child gets the calories, but they don't get the sleep crutch that can cause the shorter naps. So in this mom's case, I would consider doing top-up feeds to rule out any chance that maybe her babe is a little bit hungry at nap time or wakes up after one sleep cycle 30 minutes or so into her nap and feels a little bit hungry and that disrupts her from being able to connect her sleep cycles and going back to sleep. So I would consider 
feed at the beginning of the wake window and offer a top-up feed later in the wake window, making sure it's done at least half an hour before the nap time. Once your child is taking solids, I like to recommend solids be offered about 45 minutes to an hour after the initial breast or bottle feed when your baby wakes up. If your child barely takes any solids in the early days of helping them learn how to do solids, again, you could still offer that top-up breast or bottle feed. Once your child gets good at solids, you could replace that top-up feed with solids. So wake up, have a breast or bottle feed, and then, you know, an hour later have breakfast. Okay, we had a nice bowl of oatmeal. We took a lot. We don't need to have a top-up feed. Next wake window, wake up, have a breast or bottle feed. An hour later, maybe we offer some solids and your child has zero interest in it this time. Okay, they didn't take any. Maybe we offer a top-up feed though to make sure that they're not hungry by nap time. Or again, if your child's not taking any solids at all yet because they're just not at an age where you've decided to do that, but they are around five, six, seven months and they're having those bigger wake windows, I would recommend that top-up feed happen for now. That's something we can do to rule out a cause of short naps. And finally, my eight-month-old is up at 5.45 a.m. every day. Any way to get her to sleep later? I have some good news and some bad news about this. The good news is that, yeah, I can give a couple of tips on this. The maybe bad news is 5.45 a.m. isn't that out of the ordinary for an eight-month-old. I would say that most children, infants, and young toddlers who sleep through the night, get great rest, are ready to be up and start their day anytime past about 6 a.m. So if your child consistently sleeps through the night and wakes up for the day around quarter to six, they are getting pretty close to what I would consider the norm every day. Yes, some children will sleep closer to 6.37 a.m., but many, many of them are closer to six and 5.45 is pretty darn close to six. So it's not that out of the norm, and I would call it close to a win if we're sleeping through the night and and sleeping that close to 6 a.m. However, if we have some other things going on. There might be some specific causes for that slightly early morning wake up. Make sure that your baby is not overtired when they go to bed at night. Your eight-month-old is probably on a two-nap schedule. Generally, they do best if they only have about three hours of awake time before bedtime at this age. So if your child is consistently having far more than three hours of awake time before bed at eight months of age, it could be that they're overtired when they go to bed. Overtiredness at bedtime means your baby has a harder time getting into and staying in a nice, deep, restful sleep, and that will cause early morning wake-ups. So take a look at that and take a look at sleep crutches. If your child needs sleep crutches to get to sleep at bedtime, they will probably wake up in the early hours of the morning, say between 4 and 6 a.m., looking for those crutches again, because those are the harder times to get back to sleep. That's a lighter stage of sleep. There's less sleep pressure left when we wake up at that time. And if your child needed a sleep crutch at bedtime last night to get to sleep, the hours of 4 to 6 a.m., even that 5.45 mark, are when they're really looking for that extra help to get back to sleep. So if your child needed to be rocked to sleep, fed to sleep, have a pacifier to get to sleep at bedtime, they may need those things in order to keep sleeping at 5.45 a.m. as well. So if that stuff is going on, that's another thing to look at and working on that because it might be another solution to that 5.45 a.m. wake up. Again, both of those things, the overtiredness at bedtime and the sleep crutches are more likely to cause significantly early morning wake-ups like 4.45 a.m., 5 a.m., 5.15, 
once again, 5.45, we're getting pretty close to 6 a.m., which I would consider pretty normal. So if you've got a lot of good stuff going on with sleep, your baby doesn't need sleep crutches, they're a fully independent sleeper, they go down on their own, they sleep through the night, and the issue is that they wake up 15 minutes before 6 a.m., I don't know that I would really suggest changing much because we've got a pretty big win on our hands. That's a pretty good little sleeper. So that's the top five of the week. I hope that was helpful. It was kind of a mixed bag this week. Sometimes we sort of have a theme to our top five and our Q&A Tuesday, but this was a bit of a mixed bag, but I kind of like those because I just assume they can help a wider variety of people who have a wide age range of children and there's probably something in there for everyone. So hopefully there was a little piece that you can take away this week too that will help you out with whatever sleep challenges you might be experiencing with your little one right now. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.